The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to two hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Well, good morning, food lovers. Another delicious Sunday here in Southern California. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. This show brings you fresh ingredients, recipes, and kitchen wisdom. And we are your ultimate resource for Thanksgiving with the holidays soon approaching. I'm getting hungry. I woke up hungry for a habit burger. <laughs> yeah, I did too, actually. We hope that you'll join us this afternoon. There is two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food in your radio right now. So please stay tuned. Grab your second cup of coffee or pour yourself a new cup and sit down at the kitchen table and allow us to fill your plates with truly delectable dishes. And then be sure just after 10 a.m. to uh, get up and get ready and meet us over at the Habit Burger Grill in Costa Mesa. It's a new location soon to open, just a few days away. But their philanthropy and their commitment to giving back shines brightly today, beginning at 12 noon for two hours at the Habit Burger Grill in Costa Mesa on Adams Avenue, just near Harbor. We are having a burger fest. And for the two hours, all of the proceeds, 100% of the money raised uh, for those two hours of hamburgers and shakes and malt and onion rings and all the good stuff that we love is going to Girls Inc. of Orange County, a charity that Lana and I are very proud to support and give back to. And we hope you'll come join us. It is going to be a big party. We've got lots of friends and fans and family coming. And so all of uh, not only the Girls Inc. crew, but uh, all of our burger-loving, food-loving friends will be there. So please do join us. And how generous of the uh, habit to give yes. 100% of the pro pros seeds to girls incorporated pretty fabulous and a coffee malt and yeah. onion rings <laughs> that's what you're having <laughs> there we go i know uh, <laughs> and coming a, up and a, a char grilled burger <laughs> can't wait uh coming up this hour and next let me tell you what is on your plate we will soon be joined by the corporate chef of melissa's world variety produce ida rodriguez she's highlighting the best of winter produce and we're going to talk about what to do with root vegetables the glory of citrus and all that gorgeous zest that we get from it and then of course the virtues of kale also coming up what's better than pie at the holidays your own pa. Yes, uh, Avi Dodge, pastry chef, will be joining us for holiday mini pies. Also, coming up next hour, you'll hear from Chef Roy Hendrickson of Zimzala Restaurant in Huntington Beach. He created an incredible pretzel with a stone IPA mustard that I can't get enough of, and we've had incredible meals there. He's going to join us to share his delicious dishes. And Master Sommelier, the Sommelier for the People, Michael Jordan, will be with us before the end of 10 a.m. He's highlighting the best of wines for Turkey Day and also the Beaujolais Nouveau at Arrivée, or soon, at least. This Thursday, in fact, the Beaujolais Nouveau arrives, and so we're going to highlight the best of Beaujolais. So continue to listen, and hopefully we will share with you 
you what we think are the best step-by-step game plans on how to roast the juiciest bird and teach you to brine brilliantly so that your holiday meals and your Thanksgiving specifically comes alive with flavor. Every week we share a technique of the week, hopefully making you a better cook in your own kitchen. And Lana, this is something I think a little out of the ordinary, um, but for great cooks, they know that there are unique ingredients that really allow you to shine. And quail eggs are one of them. What to do with quail eggs, the technique of the week. Perfect for making bite-sized hors d'oeuvres. I think that these little mini eggs have a, a beautiful, rich, wonderful flavor. And they taste very similar to chicken eggs, but they have a higher yolk to white ratio, which I find very appealing. If you're a yolk lover, this is the egg for you. They have a thicker membrane, quail eggs, than traditional eggs, but they're sort of compact little gems. And so we thought we would highlight in the technique of the week what to do with quail eggs if you really want to show off your culinary prowess this holiday season. Well, they're delicious as deviled eggs. Gorgeous little hard-boiled eggs for a niçoise salad. They're perfect for frying on top of a luscious slider. And I think that they make an absolutely uh, adorable little version of Eggs Benedict. And I love, Lana, what you were talking about yesterday, which is sort of like quail eggs benedict reinvented Mm -hmm. we put them into a spoon serve them singularly in spoons and they look fabulous yeah they're perfect and made a little egg salad for inside of it also with just little bits of of bacon on top and a crisp croutons on top for the bread right so then you have essentially the uh, decomposed eggs benedict Mm -hmm. that beautiful little quail egg poaches in about 30 seconds or so and you have this gorgeous just almost golf ball size bundle of rich oozing yolk and perfectly soft cooked egg now the touch of hollandaise doesn't hurt yeah no it doesn't hurt it's Uh, the perfect bite it is quail eggs i'm usually speckled they're spattered sort of in a in a very charming way and i recommend that if you're looking to cook them in the hard-boiled fashion, you cover them with cold water by about an inch in a small, shallow saucepan. You bring the water to a boil and then remove the pan from the heat and let the egg stand for seven minutes. This is about half the time uh, of the Julia Child hard-boiled egg approach that I take to making hard-boiled eggs. So again, you're going to allow the water to boil for a minute and then let the quail eggs stand for seven minutes with the pan covered in that hot water off the stove. Then you drain the water from the pan and you let the cold water run from the sink over the eggs for about two minutes. And the shell itself will peel off very, very easily. Um, For deviled eggs... Here's a great idea. Uh, Take the hard-boiled eggs and mix the yolk with a little bit of homemade mayonnaise. You could mix in some classy caviar. Um, You could do a little bit of prosciutto di parma chopped up in there. Um, Or consider them as a little mini appetizer as well. Uh, Just a little deviled egg drizzled with truffle oil. I'm in. So good. And then you could always throw the boiled, peeled quail eggs into a salad like asparagus and fennel or pickle them. Uh, But no matter how you crack it, I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I had to go there. No matter how you crack it. They are delightfully delicious. So buy some quail eggs and experiment. Let us know what you do with them and what kind of culinary hero you turn out to be. A couple of great contests going on that we want to let you know about. We have a stuffing contest going on right now. What's the secret to your stuffing? You could win a $100 gift card to shop at 
Bristol Farms. And so we hope you'll submit your best stuffing recipe. You can learn more on Facebook at Chef Jamie Gwen uh, or on the website at chefjamie.com. Submit your stuffing recipe by this Wednesday and email it to us. In the email address is live, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com. Another great contest going on from Taps Brea, the fish house and brewery that we love. Victor Novak, the brewmaster, is going to be releasing his very first holiday ale in early December, next month. And it's going to be around 8%, um, full-bodied, reddish-brown in color, nice and malty, hints of ground ginger and cinnamon, we understand. Sort of think gingerbread. But here's the fun part. They're having a naming contest for the beer. And here's what you win. Beer for a year, baby. Free beer. I love it. It's a growler per month for a year, a $180 value. You just need to submit a catchy name. If they use it, you win. The contest starts now, and you'll find Victor's Name That Holiday Ale contest on Facebook at tapsfishhouseandbrewery.com. Tapsfishhouseandbrewery.com. We want to make a mention. There's a new soda in town, um, and it's from a company called Italian Volcano. And we found it because we love Sicily, Lana and I, Mm -hmm. and our memories from traveling there. And we are in studio drinking Italian Volcano blood orange juice this morning. 100% organic blood oranges with all the antioxidants and the health mm, properties. It is so delicious. And isn't it delicious? Mm. Uh, really high levels of potassium, by the way. Twice the amount of vitamin C um, in regular blonde orange mm-hmm. juice as there are in blood oranges and it's available at bristol farms now so grab a bottle they happen to have a limeade and a lemonade that we tasted too Mm -hmm. and they're delicious so check it out um it's called italian volcano and they're these new organic citrus juices that are direct from Mm. sicily great for mixing great for punches oh just delicious and then we hope you'll come cruise with us are you planning your travel plans for 2013 if you love to indulge in fabulous food and fine wines we hope you'll join us for our next list cruise aboard the world's most delicious cruise line, the Oceana Marina cruise ship, where the Bon Appetit Culinary Center lives, where I will be teaching you in private cooking classes while on board. Jacques Pepin is the executive chef for the Mm. cruise line, and we can vouch for the fact that the food is good in every single one of the eight restaurants. I was going to say, in every restaurant, Mm -hmm. literally. Um, It is a Baltic odyssey. We leave next year, September 3rd, 2013. We set sail for a 10-day journey, starting in Copenhagen, Denmark, Berlin, Germany, Estonia, St. Petersburg. We have three days to eat borscht and blinis and caviar Mm. and explore the ballet and the canals and all the palaces and all the good stuff each port is so sensational i think and so full of history Mm. yes and so full of fabulous food Mm -hmm. we actually end in stockholm sweden and we will visit an indoor food market that's been in operation for over a century Mm. so if you'd like to learn more check out chefjamie.com you can go directly to foodandwinetrails.com prices start at forty three hundred dollars per person including free round trip airfare come cruise Mm -hmm. with us next year we'd love to visit the baltics or right to us personally, we'll be happy to discuss the entire trip with you. Yes, Lana at ChefJamie.com or Jamie at ChefJamie.com will get you to us. But stay tuned. There are almost two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food and true satiation left. We'll take a quick break and come back about the best of winter produce. Don't go away. 
We're devoted to fabulous food and fine wine all throughout the year, but looking forward to that Thanksgiving feast. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio. This is where you can actually talk with your mouthful. Uh, before we get into the beauties of winter produce, want to make a mention. Lana and I had the most fun, magical, wonderful experience at a theater production that incorporates circus and food and love, chaos, and dinner, as they call it. And we want to encourage you not to miss it. Now through the end of the year and not knowing how long it will run, Teatro Zinzani, it's sort of uh, like um, part circus, part dinner, theater is at Segerstrom Center for the Arts. It looks like a big circus tent. Everyone gets dressed to go. It is theater in the round, essentially, and you sit down to a five-course meal created by Chef Ross of Leatherby's, by the way, that is delectable and is as whimsical as the circus is itself. It is an experience unlike any other. It includes the five-course meal, and we loved it. Don't miss it. It's called Love, Dinner, and Chaos. It is a circus for adults, really, an experience for the senses. Lana, was it just so much fun? Very exciting, very beautiful, yes. very glamorous. It's like four hours of fabulous escape. It's an incredible mm-hmm. value for um, true fabulous theater. Love, Dinner, and Chaos, Teatro Zinzani. Check it out online. It's at Segerstrom Center for the Form- Performing Arts, uh, Orange County, California. The, tr- the talent is truly amazing. Yeah, truly fabulous with such a good time. From hearty root vegetables to bright, sweet citrus, winter produce offers a surprising range of flavors. Find out what's in season right now. We're going to inspire you to cook. The corporate chef for Melissa's Produce, Ida Rodriguez, is joining us live in your radio. Good morning, Ida. Good morning, Jamie. Thank (laughs) you for having me. Yeah, of course. We're glad to have you. Good morning, Ida. Good morning, Lana. Okay, let's talk root vegetables first because I um, have an ode to parsnips, Ida, posted on the website. It's an homage of sorts, um, but we're big on root vegetables, and I think especially during the um, colder weather months, you see uh, a lot more wonderful dishes inspired by the beauty of those roots. Well, sure, that's when they're in their peak, and that's when we want to use them, and they just go so well with the, with the cold weather and Thanksgiving. And they're so versatile, you can use them in almost any application. I mean, from boiling them in water to sautéing, even grilling. But my favorite is roasting any root vegetable. Yeah, my favorite is roasting, too. So we like to roast a combination of parsnips, carrots, potatoes. Um, Oftentimes we'll throw in some of the Melissa's beets, um, whole roasted shallots. Mm -hmm. I love when you do that, Lana. Mm -hmm. Um, And just on a a cookie sheet lined with a silpat or a baking sheet lined with a silicone baking mat or parchment paper, good olive oil, salt, and pepper. Right, and sometimes I'll throw some herbs in there like rosemary or thyme. Nice. It's it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, I always like to include butternut squash. Oh, okay. So now you and Lana are talking. (laughs) Because you know... My favorite soup. Yes. Of course. I love all squashes, and they do have a little bit of different flavor. I mean, it's still a squash, but I do encourage you to try different ones just to learn the different flavors. Most people are more, most familiar with the butternut, but that's because it's available year-round. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, the few. So we use it all the time. It's great in a summer salad or, of course, in, um, for the holidays. It's a great go-to vegetable, either for sweet or savory. 
I love the idea of roasting the butternut with the root vegetables mm-hmm. and then whatever is left over. It's like having leftover wine, I like to say. Come on, it doesn't happen. But if you have leftover <laughs> root vegetables, you make um, roasted win- winter vegetable soup and you puree all the root vegetables in the food processor with some chicken stock and it's Yum. just delicious. Mm, it's There's so a easy. Or just to puree it on its own, maybe with a little butter and make it like perfect mashed root vegetables. Mm. Good side dish. Uh, Yes, and I have it up with Cook with Lana this week. I made a roasted butternut squash salad. Oh, I know. It's so good with um, arugula and that roasted butternut squash, Lana. And Mm -hmm. it is. It's posted at chefjamie.com and it uses the best squash of the season. Great Uh, combination. Yeah, oh, definitely. How about um, a salute to winter citrus? You know, all of the beautiful navel oranges, the satsumas, the tangerines, I think. Oh, and the grapefruit. Uh, Beautiful for eating out of hand, but also for the bounty of their zest. Oh, of course. And again, they do have different flavors, so it's not all the same. Some are more potent or stronger than others, but um, I also like to use them in salads. It's nice and refreshing to put a, a fresh orange into your, sal- your salads or make a compote. They do also marry very well with uh, herbs as well. Yeah, I think it's a nice combination. I like the idea of the of segments of citrus and salads, and in fact, just back from New Orleans, um, we supremed 36 cases oh my God. of citrus for the Emeril Lagasse Foundation for the Gala. And when we say supreme, um, you should master this technique because it is certainly a fanciful one. You cut the top and the bottom off of an orange and um, then you, or a grapefruit or any citrus, yes. And then you cut the peel off top to bottom with the orange sitting, you know, uh, perpendicular on the cutting board. And then you take a paring knife and you cut in between the uh, actual pith of the, uh, or the, membrane rather of the orange and you take out the clean segment of citrus or the supreme yes the supreme it Um, makes you feel really special feels like someone peeled this for you yes yes. exactly it makes it feel like somebody went to the nth degree to perfect your orange segment i always like to do mine also over a bowl yes Mm -hmm. save the juice and incorporate that in my vinaigrette or Mm. whatever i'm putting the the great idea We drank um, this morning before coming to the studio, Ida, we uh, juiced the beautiful cocktail grapefruits from Melissa's. Oh, Oh, so sweet this season. Yeah, the flavor is incredible. It's kind of a hard sell to begin with because people think grapefruit is going to be bitter. But um, these cocktail grapefruits are wonderful. They're so sweet. Oh, they are not not bitter in the least. No, it's a great fresh squeeze juice. Ida, my favorite item for the season is uh, your chestnuts. Oh, my goodness. That's so easy to use. Now, everyone really does like chestnuts. Mm -hmm. They just don't really know how to roast them and peel them. But we've done that for you. They're already done. And then uh, yesterday I had a soup with uh, chickpeas and chestnuts. (gasps) It was delicious. Oh, wow. And for Thanksgiving, we're going to be making a chestnut and oyster stuffing. Yum. And then I was thinking of actually throwing them into a gnocchi dish as well. <gasps> like you've got the oh. richness of the gnocchi and the beautiful richness and aromatic virtue of the chestnuts. Lovely. Lovely. Will you That's come over for that, Ida? I definitely will be okay. there. She'll be there. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, we are broadcasting live December 9th from Bristol Farms in Newport Beach along with 
with Melissa's, our produce partner, uh, in everything we do. And we'd really love to highlight the virtues of kale, Ida, on that live broadcast show. So bring all your best ideas because we've run out of time. Um, but we get so many questions about the beautiful Tuscan kale from Melissa's. Yes. So we'll dish on December 9th together live. It's the new, my new favorite. Yes, it's our favorite, too. By the way, you can order produce direct to your door without ever leaving your computer by going to melissas.com. Order everything you need from the little um, mini Pharrell pears to decorate your gorgeous roasted turkey for Thanksgiving to all the beauty of chestnuts and beets uh, to gorgeous winter citrus and the best of winter squash, all from Melissa's. They are truly the most extraordinary produce company, and we are mm-hmm. proud to have them as a supporter and a partner here. And agave for all your baking needs. Yes, definitely. Using lots of agave, Ida. We're loving it. Oh, wonderful. We're absolutely loving it. Thank you, as always, for sharing your passion, Ida. Thank you, Jamie. Ida Rodriguez, corporate chef, Melissa's World Variety Produce. There's more delicious conversation after this. How to make the best mini pies. What's better than pie at the holidays? Your very own pastry chef, Avi Dodge, right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Don't go away. Welcome back. A good Sunday morning to you, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, gearing up for delicious holidays. We have the simplest, no stress, bound to please holiday recipes at chefjamie.com, along with a newly updated feature for our continuing series with our resident pastry chef, Abby Dodge. She is the baking expert and author of the new cookbook release, which we love, Mini Treats and Handheld Sweets, and our dear friend. And we are creating sweet holidays. Dessert is on the way. Check out the website at chefjamie.com where you can bake together and link through to Abby Dodge's blog, but you can also find newly posted recipes for mini pies because what could be better than pie at the holidays my own individual one yes that's right i love this mini concept and good morning abby we're so glad to have you back good morning ladies good morning (laughs) okay talk to us because i never met anybody that didn't like pie but if you had your own little mini chocolate pecan tart or your own little mini pumpkin maple tart with toasted pecan streusel i'd be in heaven well I mean, to me, it's the perfect portion, and because it's handheld, you don't even need the plate or anything like that. So you can just pick one right up off the plate and a couple of bites and you're done. And that's what I think is terrific, too, about individual portions is you can pile a big plate and then build a beautiful dessert buffet. The other benefit to mini treats and handheld sweets, as your new cookbook is called, is that you can prepare in advance. And Thanksgiving is no doubt a holiday where we need to start planning if we haven't done so already now. Exactly. And every recipe in the book including our mini pies that we're just talking about here. I always include do-ahead tips because, let's face it, even if it's not the holiday, everybody wants to know what you can do ahead and what you have to do last minute. Okay, so what can you do ahead? Let's uh, walk through it. We're just uh, a week and a half or so away from Thanksgiving at this point. Can we start preparing the pie dough? Um, Yes. Now, both of the recipes... Um, for these mini pies, I, I deliberately called for pre-made pie dough. I also include a recipe from scratch dough that you can substitute if you do want to do it from scratch. But my thought for these mini pies, especially for the holiday time, it's really all about the filling. So I wasn't too concerned about the quality of the pie crust. And it really just 
comes shining through. Yeah, and that's true. If you are making your pie dough, though, we should mention that all of us agree you can prepare pie dough from scratch in your food processor. And as you've taught us, Abby, using small pulses Mm -hmm. to cut the butter into the flour. Exactly. And I cut the butter into the flour using the food processor. And then I add the water and mix it in. But I do that in a separate bowl so that I'm not over processing the flour and the butter so that the butter stays in those nice chunks so that you're going to see those flecks. That's what's going to give you a fantastic flaky crust. Love that. So now's the time you can start preparing your pie dough. Would you roll out the individual little mini pie dough circles in advance or would you freeze the pie dough and then cut them prior to baking? No, I would definitely um, I would definitely uh, chill my dough once I've made it. I would chill it and then I'd roll it out and cut those little three and a half inch circles layer them in between pieces of parchment or pieces of waxed paper and stow them in a heavy-duty Ziploc bag right in the really nice and cold portion of your freezer. And then when you're ready to assemble your mini pies, really it takes very little thawing for these guys. So put them out on the counter and, you know, in less than a half an hour, depending on what the temperature is in your kitchen, they're ready to fill your your mini pies. And oh. you're really like three quarters of the way there. This is so easy. What a pleasure. Isn't it? What what a nice uh, thing to cook at the last minute. About your filling, uh, you're using the Lyle's golden syrup. Oh, that's such a southern thing. I love I Lyle. love it too. Mm. I love. And I was actually, I was baking um, the other day with my goddaughter and she is part British. Mm. And she was telling me that her father um, has Lyle's. Yes. And, of course, the English call it treacle. Right. It's, it's the same thing. But I love the flavor, that kind of earthy flavor that it adds mm-hmm. to the chocolate pecan filling. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that chocolate pecan filling is really almost, um, it's, it's, all, it's a combination of, of pecan pie and fudge pie. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's it's like the best chocolate pecan combination ever, wrapped in this beautiful flaky dough that you can handheld and bite into. It doesn't get any better than that. The pumpkin maple tarts with the toasted pecan streusel. Mm. I know. And maple syrup, you know, preferably grade B. I'm so glad you asked for that. The choice of professional chefs. We want the maple syrup that the maple syrup producers keep for their own homes. And if you were to buy any maple syrup this holiday season, you should be looking for grade B. It is so far superior in flavor and depth. So delicious. And especially when you're pairing it with another strong flavor, like that pumpkin um, filling, Mm -hmm. you really need something that's not only going to add sweetness, which the maple syrup does, but the grade B adds flavor. It adds another layer of flavor. You know, we talk about that all the time in savory foods. It's true in sweets, too. And, Abby, you asked for uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, and cloves, but I could just substitute pumpkin pie spice for that? Uh, You can, Lana, um, absolutely, but what I'd say is start with a smaller amount and taste. Before you add your egg, taste the filling, taste the batter, 
and see if you like that flavor and gradually increase because it's not necessarily a direct substitution. Smart. Okay. Really smart. And you know something, the one thing that nobody can miss on the the shining star, I think, of these tarts is this toasted pecan streusel on top. It's dynamite. I call it a streusel, but basically it's just toasted nuts and cinnamon and some sugar that I sprinkle on just before serving. So you get a fresh crunch and Mm. flavor hit. It's spectacular. I love the simplicity of it, Abby. I love that you're grabbing a muffin tin and making individual pies with the pre-cut out circles of pie dough, whether store-bought or homemade. This wonderful richly flavored filling. There's that little extra topping, I call that a prize, like you just mentioned (laughs) on the top. And that there is a do-ahead. The tarts can be filled and covered in plastic and stowed in the refrigerator for up to a day before baking, which means when you're ready to bake on Thanksgiving Day, Mm -hmm. if you want your mini pies that fresh, you just throw them right into the oven. Exactly. Exactly. That's brilliant. Fabulous. We're just a week and a half, as I mentioned, away from Thanksgiving, and we know we'll talk to you again before the holidays, but um, we love this idea of must-have ingredients or an essential baker's pantry is what I call it. So the three of us got together. This was so sneaky. And we planned for each of us to uh, comprise a list of the top five essentials, right, that we would need for baking success and see if any of our lists match up. We have not shared our top five, any of us, Mm-hmm. all around in this roundtable yet. And I vote that since the Lavarenne graduate trumps everybody else, even my CIA, Abby, you get to go first. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll say right off the bat that I actually have seven, but I'm just going to give you my top five. <gasps> She's oh. cheating already. No, I'm just going to give you five. I have six. That's okay, Abby. <laughs> really? Well, then I should have made my list of 11 and we'd all be even. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Mascarpone cheese. Oh, yes. Wonderful jar of dulce de leche. Oh, I love the way you think. Grade B maple syrup. Brilliant. Unsalted butter. Yes. And really great quality chocolate. Mm. Okay. Lana, your list of 17 pantry basics for I'm, baking. I'm going to whisper because it's not as good as Abby's. Yeah, but but anyway, I start with pistachios because I'm a great pistachio fan. Which, by the way, I am anticipating, sorry to interrupt you, uh, as one of the top trends of 2013 in the food world, expect to see a lot of pistachios. Mm, that's wonderful. Yes, that's good more, news for more you. More pistachio ice cream. The better. Uh, right. pre- Presidente butter. Mm, good butter. Love that. Yeah, uh, you can make your own vanilla sugar with vanilla beans in it, or I love some that. vanilla paste mixed in. That's a good one. Yes, <laughs> and I'm just working towards using whole wheat flour and white flour mixed together, or mostly whole wheat. Nice, very good. Okay, between the two of you, I'm coming to both of your houses for dessert. I went a very basic route. And so if you are uh, baking this holiday season, whether it be for gift of food or for your holiday table, um, I started with cake flour because I I went very simply uh, at the beginning. Um, I considered super fine sugar, Abby, because I just think that it dissolves better in everything. And if you have a bag of granulated sugar, I put it right into the food processor and run it in batches and then put it back into my sugar bin. Is that wrong? No, that's great. And you're absolutely right. Around the holidays, I make a lot of pavlovas and meringues, and that superfine sugar, you know, homemade superfine sugar is perfect 
mm-hmm. for that job. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Okay, good to know. And then um, vanilla paste. I could spread vanilla paste on my elbow and have a party. I think that there is just something so absolutely beautifully sexy and aromatic about it, and I wouldn't be without it when baking. Almond paste, that was to honor Lana. Just so you know, in case I'm baking for her. Everything almond. Everything almond paste. But when my mother used almond extract in everything. Yeah, just a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. A little goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And then I needed a nut of choice, too, because we're just not nutty enough around here. And I chose pecans because I think that they're quintessential holiday. They should be candied and dusted with ground ginger and made even more delicious before you use them. And I'm just going to throw another nut out there. Um, my own nut, since the three of us are giving nuts, macadamia. Oh, so rich. Oh, such f- full of such delicious fat, but beautiful to bake with, right? Yes. Just yeah. Really just a wonderful. great texture and incredible flavor. Absolutely fabulous. There is an incredible article about the baker's kitchen in the current fine cooking magazine all about our dear friend Abby Dodge. You should read it. Right after you buy mini treats and handheld sweets, the essential dessert book for the holidays, for gift giving, for your own kitchen. It's 100 delicious desserts to pick up and eat. We adore you, Abby. We wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving, and we can't wait to talk to you again before the December holidays. I'm looking forward to it, ladies. Mm. It's always my pleasure. Thank you. As the delicious conversation continues, stay tuned. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Be right back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. A very delicious holiday season to you. Welcome back. Two hours of satiation for all you food fanatics here. We have a taste for life and we're satisfying your cravings this morning. Are you sick of the same old side dishes every Thanksgiving? Well, this year you can shake up your Thanksgiving taste buds with some spiced up versions from the November issue of Sunset Magazine, bringing the best of the West to your home. Of course, the premier guide to life in the West, covering the best ideas, home design, garden, food, and entertaining, plus travel too. There are a whole slew of wonderful recipes and guides for inspiring a delicious Thanksgiving. Elaine Johnson is the associate food editor for Sunset Magazine, and she joins us live. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. We're glad to have you. Okay, let's talk about um, seasoning our Thanksgiving in a new and somewhat different way, because I think the turkey's so traditional, and you might grill it or fry it or roast it, and there's a terrific piece, in fact, that we're going to talk about, too, uh, about taking the turkey out. Outside. But when it comes to sides, you have an opportunity to sort of refresh your holiday meal every year. Absolutely. And, of course, I love turkey, but the sides are the part of the meal mm. I look forward to the most. You know, the savory stuffing, the tart cranberries, the buttery mashed potatoes, those big crisp salads. That said, if, if you go the traditional New England pilgrim route, those sides, while they're delicious, they can be on the quiet side in terms of flavor. So this year, we wanted to look for some bigger flavors, and we knew the perfect cooks to ask were the ones who have come to the West from other countries. So we asked chefs, cookbook authors, even even a grandma of a Sunset staffer, how they incorporate the global flavors of the places where they came from into those traditional categories that we have on our Thanksgiving table, the vegetables, salads, potatoes, stuffing, cranberries. 
and they came up with a really delicious assortment, any one of which you can cook to add a nice freshness to your table. And we felt that they all blended in really nicely with a whole variety of Thanksgiving styles. Yeah, I love that they all have an ethnic influence because I think even if you swap out one side on your Thanksgiving menu with something new that perks up the palate or brightens the flavors, that you've added a new dimension or component. And I'd like to talk about the recipes in depth. The first one listed is from a chef in Healdsburg, and it incorporates one of my most favorite of the squash of the season. And we talk about Melissa's squash very often here on the show. The delicata is one of those very unique squash that has a very tender skin when it's roasted and I think it adds a beautiful textural component and I love this roasted delicata squash recipe with honey pomegranate seeds and pepitas yes it's fantastic and the recipe comes from Mateo Granados he's the chef owner at Mateo's Cocina Latina in Healdsburg Sonoma County wine country he's originally from the Yucatan in Mexico and squash is one of those ingredients that is um native to Mexico, and also possibly to the western U.S. as well. So for this dish, as you said, he meant he uses delicata. And if you aren't familiar with delicata, they're, they're so pretty as well as delicious. They're small oval squash with green to orange stripes. Um, and that skin you talked about, that thin skin, mm. is totally edible. I love their um, chestnut flavor. So he roasts them until they're tender. He cuts them, cuts them in half first, roasts them till they're tender, and then sets them on a platter and sprinkles them with more ingredients that are popular both sides of the border, some toasted pumpkin seeds or um, pepitas, some pomegranate seeds, and then some um, nice sprinkling of sea salt. And then here's the thing that really brings it all together. He melts some butter and stirs in some cayenne and drizzles that over the whole thing. It's simple but totally delicious, and you've got those beautiful bright colors of the orange squash, the, mm. the red pomegranate seeds, nice. the green pumpkin seeds, and, and then the flecks of the cayenne in the butter. It really pops on your table. I love the contrast between um, the sweet, because the inherent sweetness of the squash when it caramelizes in the oven and you get some of those sort of more golden edges, mm -hmm. and then the spiciness of the cayenne. What a beautiful complexity. This is not, by the way, the easiest wine pairing. And I wanted to take a moment uh, just to touch on toasting the great pumpkin. When you're pairing wine with pumpkin and squash, I think that the best wine pairing here would be a Pinot Gris or a Pinot Noir. We love to drink Beaujolais Nouveau all throughout the Thanksgiving holiday. But those would all make very fabulous pairings here. You've got the sweetness of the honey, the bright juiciness of the pomegranates, the very toasted richness of the pepitas. That's going to be on my menu for sure, Elaine. That one just looks so good. Uh, talk to us about wasabi mashed potatoes. Sure. These obviously are Japanese, and for this recipe, we turn to Shigafumi uh, Tashibe, who's from Chaya Restaurant at Los Angeles, and he moved to the U.S. from Japan and found the American mashed potatoes pretty bland, but he wanted to cook American dishes to teach his kids about the traditions here. So he started adding some subtle Japanese twists. And for this dish, he makes mashed potatoes the usual way with uh, russets, which get nice and floury as they cook down. And then he adds cream, but then he adds a splash of soy sauce 
and just enough wasabi to be interesting. It's not, you know, not an overwhelming amount, but it's got a really nice kick to it. And then um, for a garnish on top, we like to add some um, shiso, which um, if you're not familiar with that, it's an aromatic herb that has some um, tender kind of heart-shaped really edged leaves. It's one of my favorite things, Elaine. I go to the Asian market uh, literally solely to buy shiso leaves. I love the sort of basil, mint, uh, aromatic to them. Yeah. And we all know them from like a spring roll or an Asian roll or oftentimes if you'll have a lettuce cup, you'll line with a shiso leaf to Mm -hmm. add herbaceousness. Or to put in popcorn. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, d- nice idea. We do. We make uh, a, a, an in- incredible recreation of Roy Choi's for a kake popcorn, and it has shiso leaf in it. Oh, delicious. That makes yeah. me hungry, Lana. <laughs> I-, I love the idea of the shiso as the garnish. It's very pretty. Of course, if you, if you didn't want to track that down, you could use kind of a frilly slice of green onions. That mm. would be pretty, too. Nice. And, you know, wasabi has that sort of brightness to it, that beautiful, I think, um, very easily known flavor. But then you have the umami from the soy sauce, and then you have the freshness of the shiso leaf. So I can't wait to make those. What a wonderful combination. And then third and and final, you pick the last one that you're making off this sumptuous list of sides, if you would, please. Oh, let's talk about stuffing. Okay. Because no Thanksgiving is complete about stuffing. Um, this one was such a fascinating combination. Sanawat Bates, who comes from Thailand, he's a chef at the Brown Palace Hotel in Denver, and he makes stuffing Thai style with a sticky rice, which um, may be sold as sweet rice or glutinous rice. It, it cooks up dense and sticky, like the name. He also puts some sourdough bread cubes in it, ground pork, lots of aromatic seasoning, ginger, garlic, mm. lemongrass, Thai chilies, green onions, Thai basil. He tosses it all together and then bakes it in a casserole dish in the oven, you know, just like you might do your regular bread stuffing. But it's so much more exciting in flavor. It looks absolutely incredible. I love the idea of the Thai-style sausage. I love Asian sausage flavors. They have an inherent sweetness to them. And then the Thai basil, as you mentioned, and some caramelized onion. Uh, That looks like an interesting and intriguing new way to add some spice to our Thanksgiving. There are more wonderful recipes and great inspiration and ideas to make sure that your Thanksgiving this year is a guaranteed success. You'll find them in the November issue now on newsstands of Sunset Magazine. And Elaine, we always love uh, when you join us and share your passion. Thank you for sharing delicious dishes. Thanks for having me. Yes, a very happy holiday to you and yours. And you as well. And there's more delicious conversation in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Be right back. Welcome to the second hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwen. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. 
This is the second hour of Delicious Conversation, a place for people who love to eat. We're delivering the world of food directly to your radio, and we are planning for delectable holidays. So do stay tuned, and be sure to check out the website at chefjamie.com for always uh, ever-changing but improving and uh, new posts as well, recipes, menus, and tips galore, chefjamie.com. And please find me on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen as well. Coming up this hour in just a moment, we're going to dish with Chef Roy Hendrickson of Zimzala Restaurant in Huntington Beach. He makes killer pretzels. And stay tuned for Master Sommelier, the sommelier for the people, vice president of food and beverage for the ranch, restaurant, and saloon, Michael Jordan. He's pairing wines for your holiday turkey and also sharing the virtues of Beaujolais Nouveau. Coming up at the end of the hour, you're going to hear about the newest Habit Burger Grill location to open and how you can join us for a burger fest this afternoon, 12 to 2, at the Habit Burger in Costa Mesa on Adams at Harbor to give back to charity and indulge in a charge. Burger cheeseburger sounds good to me. Also, we wanted to um, certainly uh, thank and no- uh, give a nod to all of the current and former members of the armed forces. Um, did you know that on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, an armistice between Germany and the Allied nations came into effect? 20 years later, this day came to be known as Armistice Day, and in 1954, Congress approved the change of the name to Veterans Day. Today, we celebrate and honor all American veterans wherever and whenever they had served, and so we thank you all uh, and your families for protecting and serving our great country, land of the free, home of the brave. We celebrate Veterans Day in honor of you today, and thank you. Okay, as mentioned, wait till you hear about this killer pretzel with a stone IPA mustard and some of the best dishes coming out of Southern California. We had a chance to catch up with Chef Roy Henderson. Take a listen. We had an absolutely delectable culinary experience recently at the sexy Surfer Chic Hotel. I love that they call it that. The shore break in Huntington Beach. The restaurant there is called Zimzala and it has a really energetic, fabulous vibe that I loved. It's unpretentious, relaxed cuisine and those soft made pretzels with the sea salt and the stone IPA beer cheese. Oh my. At the helm of the restaurant is executive chef Roy Hendrickson and we're so glad that he's joining us this morning in your radio. Good morning, Chef. Good morning. How are you doing? And we're glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Talk about your California beach cuisine, please, because we actually went to the restaurant with a friend whom we all share in common, who you can actually see her salivate over your pork chop when she talks about it, like miles away from the restaurant. There are dishes on your menu that people crave. I just really like to have a lot of fun with the, uh, the menu and the cuisine here. I try and keep my line cooks on their toes with uh, new seasonal ingredients. And I just really like to use fresh seasonal produce Mm. as well and just, you know, have a lot of fun, really low-key, kind of a no-frills kind of approach to it. At least I feel that way. I don't know if maybe some intermediate cooks might feel it's a little Mm. higher end. You know, I just really have a laid-back atmosphere and attitude to uh, 
cuisine, although I'm definitely serious about food. Yeah, that you are. It's got a lot of whimsy to it, too. And we'll get to the smoke in a jar. If that doesn't keep you listening, I don't know what will in just a bit. But I love the fact that you create inspired dishes from some, you know, traditional comfort foods. The fact that you've got this big old pork chop and it's over this wonderfully beautiful spetzel um, that's been flavored with these crispy uh, are they they're walnuts? Uh, no, it's uh, actually uh, Newski bacon lardones. Mm. Oh, that was that crispy, delicious, mm. salty, spectacular flavor. And there's this sour cherry pork sauce. Um, so that we can better get to know you, uh-huh. uh, if you don't mind, Roy, I'll throw a couple of uh, cooking questions out per se, and you tell us uh, what your let's say we'll start with your um, favorite vegetable to cook with in winter is? I would say over the past few years, it would have to be uh, any sort of pumpkin or hard squash, just the different flavorings, you know, they can add to a dish or standalone. Okay. And the best thing to do with squash right now? Right now, I would say roast it for sure, whether it be in, uh, you know, a pumpkin or a small acorn squash or something of that nature, they tend to be a little harder right now in in my opinion and typically roast it i'll take it cut it in half score it drizzle it with honey and sea salt and roast it in the oven until it's golden brown Mm. scrape out the flesh and and do my magic with it so you know that's kind of what i've been doing um over the past week actually just got a bunch of samples in of hard squash from melissa's yes from melissa's world variety produce yeah we we Uh, love them too i like the honey drizzle you know you can use agave too or maple syrup i'm actually forecasting 2013 to be the year of the bee yeah Uh, lots of fabulous honey everywhere what is your um favorite obsession when it comes to um spicy things do you have a favorite hot sauce are you a sriracha lover you know, I do love sriracha. I recently started trying the uh, Cholula with the Chipotle yes. in it, and, uh, you know, it has a nice smokiness. And I don't find Cholula to be too overly spicy uh, compared to maybe a Tapatio hmm. per se. Yeah, I like Cholula too. It has a lot more flavor, I think. Yeah. It's very round, definitely. Yes. Do you have a favorite breakfast, Roy? Uh, donuts, when I can get them. <laughs> ah, or when you make them. <laughs> yeah. Is there no. a donut of the season at Zimzala? Um, no, not really. We don't we don't dabble too much in donuts. Although I did have a donut the other day from a company or uh, a bakery called the Donutery, which I believe is here in Huntington. And uh, how was it? Was, it was amazing. It was um, it was a pumpkin donut spiced with you know various spices, kind of. Almost reminiscent of a Chinese five spice, Ooh, uh, nice. but it was it was pretty good. <laughs> we get excited over Chinese five spice here. Yeah, um, we actually get really excited over pretzels too because. The classic ballpark snack will always have a place in our hearts. Lana and I recently back from New York, and on many a trip, I don't miss a hot dog on the street. I don't miss a pretzel on the street. I mean, you know, there's just something brilliant about the food memory of a pretzel. Our taste buds, however, did a very happy dance over your homemade soft pretzel. And we'd love to know how to recreate it at home because it was truly delectable. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a really simple uh, recipe that I have here for it. My main issue with pretzels in general is they tend to be over salty or they get seasoned with too much salt at finishing. 
and I wanted to have a really well-balanced sweetness and saltiness to uh, the pretzel here, and that's, you know, that's kind of what I did. Rather than using a fresh yeast, which we happen to use for our uh, focaccia bread and pizza dough here, I use a dry yeast, and mm. it tends to be a little bit more consistent in uh, the, the pretzel as far as softness and, and being wet, so that's why I use the dry yeast. But, uh, yeah, I'm just using all-purpose flour. I'll take my dry yeast, mix it with sugar, a little bit of salt, and then use tepid water. And uh, it, it definitely has to be the perfect amount of tepid water. Otherwise, your dough is going to turn out too wet or turn out too dry and crumbly and not yield a smooth, nice appearance when you need the dough. But anyways, I'll, I'll make the yeast mixture, let it, let it foam up, dissolve uh, what you will for about 5-10 minutes. And then I'll pour that into my flour mixture, which I combine with more sugar than normal and a little <laughs> little bit of salt. Yeah, I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I knead that until it's super smooth yeah, and uh, elastic mm. and uh, quite heavy for its weight. And then um, I'll let that proof uh, in the kitchen, preferably a humid spot, for um, probably about an hour. And then I'll, I'll roll it out to two-ounce portions. And um, when I go to bake the pretzels, I use uh, uh, egg wash. I use one egg, a little bit of water, and some baking soda to give it that sheen. And your egg wash should turn a, pretty much a pink to nice. flash red color. Right. And uh, I'll dip, it, dip the pretzels in that. I'll bake it at uh, about 425 degrees. Oh, high. Yeah, nice super and high, high heat. Yeah. Uh, for about four minutes, then I'll pull them out and I'll brush them with clarified butter, season them with pretzel salt. Mm. When I first started the recipe, I was using fleur de sel, but finding that not, not enough was sticking to it, so I uh, was able to actually aftertain some pretzel salt, and I'll put that on top and I'll bake it for about another four minutes, mm. and uh, it gets pulled right out of the oven, served in a, a pint glass here. Yes. And um, we serve it with a stone IPA uh, cheddar beer dip. Which is divine. Yeah, which, by the way, you could dip your pinky in and eat it, <laughs> and you'd be happy. Uh, and the stone IPA, the beer itself, actually adds this beautiful depth to the mustard. Tell us more. Well, I'll take the, uh, the stone IPA, um, my measurements. I'll, I'll basically take the stone and reduce it by half. Once I have that by half, I'll start a cheddar fondue, which is, you know, pretty simple. Um, I'll start off with manufacturer's cream rather than heavy cream. Heavy cream, I, I tend to find it just doesn't have enough fat in it, and it tends to yield a, a gritty somewhat texture to mm. the fondue. Oh, good to know. Richer the better. Okay, Roy, you're making us hungry. Pause right there. We're coming back with more delicious conversation right after this. New ideas, great recipes, and easy tips. That's what we're all about as the delicious conversation continues. Roy Hendrickson, executive chef of Zimzala Restaurant at the Shore Break Hotel, Huntington Beach, California, is with us, and we are dishing. Cheddar fondue, that that, uh, reduced beer goes in. Uh Uh-huh. And then I'll make a simple roux, equal parts clarified butter and flour, and, you know, just use that to thicken it up quite a bit. Mm. And then uh, I'll whisk in my cheddar. Mm. And I, I use a mild cheddar rather than a, a sharp cheddar. I think the mild is a little bit more compatible with the hoppiness of the Stone IPA. Oh, 
It's it's the most delicious beer cheese you've ever had. And you can actually do the twist because we've teased this pretzel so very much. You can recreate Roy Hendrickson's pretzels by going to the website at chefjamie.com. We thank you for sharing the recipe. That was oh, a, a no great divulge, Chef. Thank you. No um, so you two can make soft house-made pretzels with the stone IPA beer cheese that Roy makes so well. Tell us about your holiday menu, Chef. I, I heard rumor that you make a truffled turkey gravy. And just for the record, I'm in. You know, I've done uh, Thanksgiving the past three years here and, and try to do it a little bit different every time. But our, t- our turkey dinner is going to consist of all-natural turkey. Uh, I believe I bring in about a 14-pound bird, quite a few of them, to be correct. I'll break down the uh, the bird into a huge airline turkey breast, and I'll break the leg off of it and debone the leg, and I'll save the carcass and make a um, turkey stock out of it. And then once I have that turkey stock, I'll make a truffle turkey gravy, and I use black truffle peelings and white truffle oil to kind of balance that truffleness out um but then with with the uh, actual turkey breast i brine it in a cider brine with fresh cinnamon or not fresh but cinnamon stick and star anise which happens to be one of my favorite spices in fact i actually have a tattoo of a star anise on my elbow here you know i'll brine that for about 24 hours and then i'll take the turkey leg debone it and stuff it with king's hawaiian bread and roasted chestnuts and then i'll roll that wrap it with call fat into a roulade and truss it and sear that. And then <laughs> we actually save all the giblets and I'll cook those down with some of the turkey stock and mushrooms and fine herbs. And I'll cook that down pretty much off sec and I'll make it into little tartlets. So you essentially get turkey three ways, four ways if you want to count the gravy. If you're so. cooking, I'll take turkey anyway. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, can you cook? Oh, I'm loving that. I want to go back for a moment. You said you love star anise as your favorite spice. So yes. uh, inspire us on how to use it. I think it's a very seldom used or underused dried spice. Right. I use it, you know, a lot in brines. You know, I have a bit of Asian background in cooking, so I use it in a lot of different sauces and that sort of thing. But I also use it during the summer. We had a dessert on the menu with it was strawberry shortcake, hence strawberries being in season. But I would take the star anise and, and just finely grate it over a microplane, and I would use that in my shortcake batter. I've never tried that, Roy. So it was, oh, it, I'm loving it, that. It goes really, really well with strawberries, uh, okay. the anise flavor. You heard it here first. Wow, what great inspiration, right? Oh, I'm loving that. Thank you. Okay, talk to us about these s'mores, right? So before we even sat down for fantastic cocktails at Zimzala in Huntington Beach, your s'more preparation was all the buzz. And we know that you're into smoke and flavor, so it just explain the platter first, if you would. Well, you know, since we're so close to the beach here and a lot of people like to get together with friends and family and do s'mores down at the fire pits here, I wanted to bring that to our hotel guest without necessarily having to walk outside. And can't really have fire at the table. Back in the day you could, but it's a little harder now. So I wanted to create that essence uh, with smokiness wafting into their noses and just, you know, create the whole guest experience without necessarily having to step outside. So one way of doing that, as far as the marshmallow aspect of the dessert goes, we make our own marshmallow fluff here. And when we plate it on the table or actually on the plate, 
we'll lay it out with a spoon and then toast it with a uh, creme brulee torch. So it's already toasted for you. Which you could do at home, by the way. I mean, you, yes. you could make your own or you could buy marshmallow fluff. Yes, And you can. you can brulee it on top of anything. I mean, you can brulee your own s'mores. You can brulee the tops of any custard or otherwise. I love the idea of the blowtorch for that toasty marshmallow flavor. Okay, go on, Chef, please. You know, as far as that inspiration with marshmallow fluff, as a kid, I used to eat marshmallow fluff with peanut butter on whole wheat bread toasted. That was very you know, Elvis of you. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of inspired me, the marshmallow fluff right there. For the smoke aspect, we'll take uh, wood chips and we'll put it in one of those little mason jars with a cap, but we'll torch the wood chips first, drop it in the mason jar, close the cap, and then when it gets brought out to the table on the plate, the server will open the jar and the, the smokiness will just waft <laughs> into your face and, and hopefully bring back some good memories. Yeah, with, uh, campfires long ago, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, really fabulous. It was um, the ultimate sweet ending. And we loved the mushroom frito, the soft housemade pretzels, the manila clams were to die for the cast iron mussels you must have the pork chop and there are a bevy of cocktails and desserts that you wouldn't want to miss at zimzala at the shore break hotel in huntington beach california at the helm he is roy hendrickson and i would meet you for truffled turkey gravy any day chef any day thank you for sharing your killer pretzel recipe it's posted at chefjamie.com we look forward to seeing you and your fantastic food at the restaurant again soon Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure. We have the best culinary thinkers on this show. There's more right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Be right back. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio dishing out delicious advice with the Thanksgiving feast soon approaching. Michael Jordan, we know him, you love him, is our resident master sommelier. Shouldn't everyone have one of those? He is the sommelier for the people and the vice president of food and beverage for The Ranch Restaurant, the Wine Spectator Award-winning and Zagat top-rated restaurant and saloon in Anaheim, California. He joins us live with the Cork Report and some suggestions on wines to complement your Thanksgiving feast. Good morning, oh great master. How are you, Uh, MJ? (laughs) Good morning, Chef Jamie. I just love talking about things delicious. I know. And we love when you come on. So let's get right into it because we're short on time, but we're big on food. And there are so many dishes served at the dinner table come Thanksgiving that I think choosing wine can be overwhelming. You're trying to pair with turkey and that tends to be a blank canvas, but it's all the sides. It's all the spices, the other flavors on the table. I really believe the cranberry sauce, the gravy, the cinnamon, the nutmeg we've talked about before that will bring the best and perfect pairing flavors to our Thanksgiving foods. Yes or no? Oh yes, absolutely. Most definitely. You know, there's a few different uh, varietals of wine that are just absolutely made to go with turkey uh one of our favorites is pinot noir we love mm. that and we talk about that really quite often all year long because yes. it's such a fabulously amazing grape but one of the other grapes that is just made to go with turkey is gewürztraminer and this is one of those that it's kind of scary to pronounce and you kind of stay away from it on the wine list because 
I don't want to be the first one to try to pronounce that word. <laughs> Wait, or spell it on your menu, exactly. for sure. But let's start there. Let's start with whites, because I think Gewürztraminer has a lot of gusto and has a lot of spice to it. So it's going to offer a big, bold flavor to the delicious meal that is Thanksgiving. You know, I think one of the most delicious wines I ever tasted with turkey was Gewürztraminer, mm-hmm. and you can get it dry or slightly off-dry, kind of sweet, mm-hmm. depending on the style of wines you like. Now, I want to back up a little bit because I think sparkling wine really has a place in the holidays and the festivity mm. yes. and, you know, the tradition of sparkling wines prior to sitting down to eat or as a first wine. Really, really, it's just so festive and fun. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and I think we talk about it often, too. Sparkling wines bring both elegance and versatility to virtually any meal. So really, if you wanted like a single pick... You could go out and buy six bottles or a case, depending upon how many people are coming to your Thanksgiving, of a good American bubbly. Because we're going with Lana, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave this uh, holiday, right? Oh, we're going you know, American. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Chef Jamie, I have to tell you, yeah, it's an American holiday. Yes. Thanksgiving is the American holiday. I'm going American. We're buying American, and we're kind of staying in California uh, to a degree here. I think some of the best uh, sparkling wines in the world outside of Champagne and Francia Corta are from California. I mean, my goodness, we've got great producers here Mm. making pink sparkling wine and white sparkling wine, and they're all very delicious. Either one of those two colors would go so perfectly. And all the way through the meal, from the starters, whether you're indulging in oysters or you have oysters in your stuffing, you're putting out some sort of, you know, cheese and and meat, you're serving a, a curried pumpkin bisque, all the way to the pecan pie and everything in between, sparklers, I think that that sparkling choice is an easy go-to, you know, check it off your list, you're done. But if you want to go white, yeah. Gewürztraminer. Well, wait, no, wait, no. Wait, wait, go back, because sparkling is also like the best gift you can give. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, give a bottle of, you know, white sparkling wine because it will never stay in the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that true? Sorry. Uh, no, I, okay. you know, every red wine lover's fear. I mean, if somebody's bringing a bottle of wine to the event, Bring sparkling yes, wine. Bring, I agree. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then white. Let's go with Gewürztraminer. You know, Navarro is one of the greatest producers of Gewürztraminer from Anderson Valley in Mendocino County. Mm-hmm. They also make a killer Pinot Noir. Mm. Uh, so either one or both of those two wines would be perfect with a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I, I always call out my buddy uh, Fred Scherer, who makes some of the most delicious dry rosé yeah. that goes with turkey, but also his Pinot Noir from Platt Vineyard. Oh, my God. Gosh, it's incredibly delicious. Yeah, love it. I want to go back to Pinot Noir for a second because we need to tip our hat to Bob Cabral. Oh, we please. always do. I just saw him <laughs> recently, by the way, Michael. I was in New Orleans um, okay. for Emerald's fundraiser, and he was there with Heather. And I- I'm always so delighted and very honored when he remembers me oh, across cool. the room. And if we're going to nod to anyone for Pinot Noir, uh, I love the mentions you made as well. But the best, most incredible earthy undertones, the mushroom in inspired oh, yeah. flavors for turkey and stuffing oh. could not be better paired than with okay, Pinot Noir William Selim. I have to tell you, I still have that bottle of the one and only Pinot Noir that ever got 100 points in the state of California. Yes. That 2007 Litton Estate from William Selim. I still have that bottle for you, mm. and I owe it to you, and I'm definitely going to get it that's to a, you. That's it a is, big gift. For Thank those you. of you lucky enough to get any of that, oh. drink it with the turkey. Oh, I was going to say... Drink other William Selium wine with the turkey. Yeah, open it up. Or go to the ranch and order William Selium by the glass because yeah, there there's nowhere else that you can do it. Pinot Noir for red, um, Zinfandel, 
Uh, you could yeah. go Syrah, Shiraz, right? I mean, for spicy yeah. edge. I think I prefer Zinfandel with turkey. It really okay, goes good. well because it doesn't have a lot of tannin and it's got that big fruit yes. and spice. Uh, certainly, you know, we're going to be open for Thanksgiving at the ranch restaurant and saloon on Thanksgiving Day, and we will have uh, an amazing special Thanksgiving menu. But what I'm really excited about is this amazing, phenomenal wine flight that we're going to have. Mm. Well, actually, a couple of flights available to go with the dinner. One of them will include Dom Perignon as the first wine, Kistler Chardonnay as the second wine, William Salium Pinot Noir as the third wine, wow. and Camus Cabernet Sauvignon oh. as the fourth wine <laughs> for a very reasonable price. It's like, like the last away. meal. Oh my You're gosh. like so pulling out all the stops. We are. We want people to come and have a, like a wow experience. The last supper. At the <laughs> ranch in Anaheim. That's brilliant. You tell Chef Michael Rossi if I wasn't cooking with Lana for Thanksgiving, I'd be sitting in your restaurant. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love I, that too. All right. Uh, we're always short on time. So we have a few minutes left here. If you've just tuned in, you're late. Sommelier for the people. Michael Jordan, Vice President of Food and Beverage for the Ranch Restaurant, Anaheim, California. You heard it here. They are open on Thanksgiving. Make your reservation now. But continue to listen. There is one other red wine that arrives, Le Beaujolais Nouveau at Arrivé, uh, on the 15th of this month, which is this coming Thursday. The young red wine made from the hand-picked Gamay grapes grown in the Beaujolais region of France, right? Now, I happen to love Beaujolais Nouveau because I think that it's brilliant beauty is in its fruity flavor, the very light tannins, the fermentation is so very short. What can you tell us about the Beaujolais Nouveau 2012? Well, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about it because it's a pretty good vintage. Yes. Not one of the great, great, great vintages, but it's pretty good. That's what so, I heard. Like, you know, this is one of those things you can totally live or die with. You know, in bad mm. vintages, oh, it's just atrocious. Yeah. But in good vintages, it's good. And in great vintages, it's phenomenal. Mm. This is just a super young wine. It is not aged in any oak. It is fermented in a way that it is meant to be drank very young. So drink it young. Don't save it till next year. If you if you have a little bit left over from, you know, the party, Beaujolais Nouveau, uh, it's going to go really good with a turkey sandwich the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's going to do really well, by the way, if you want to reduce it down. And oh, make yeah. a sauce or compound its flavors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it's an inexpensive way to go. By the way, Bristol Farms is carrying three different oh, yeah, right. Beaujolais offerings this year. They'll have the Georges de Boeuf Beaujolais, the Beaujolais Village, uh, the Nouveau Estate, and then also the V-Show. And they're all inexpensive. I mean, it's around $10 a bottle. Have a party. Invite some friends over. Pop open no. some Beaujolais. Chef Jamie, those are so good, you know, and they're so inexpensive that even if you end up kind of being stuck with a little bit because you had it for the party and it didn't all go. I love making mold wine. <gasps> yes. The leftover Beaujolais because it's just, mm. it's so, you know, festive and holiday mm. and, okay. you know, it's just fun. We're coming to your house. You have 30 seconds to please answer okay. one of the questions on the minds of our food loving and very thoughtful and knowledgeable listeners. We always receive okay. so many questions, Michael. And so when you come on, we try to throw one or two at you, right? And so this email question um, came in from, I think it's Jim. Jim wants to know that if Everything he sees is being aerated. And I love, Jim, that you're using the word aeration and wine together. And it's true. We see all of the different tools of the trade. We see uh, bartenders and mixologists pouring wine from high up to try to, quote unquote, add air or open up the wine, right? Jim wants to know, especially come Thanksgiving, 
should he decant everything? What a great question. I love that question. Me yes, too. You are marvelous. And, and that's, that's very thoughtful. No. The answer is no. Absolutely no. Don't ever decant sparkling wines. Good. I don't like to decant Pinot Noir, although okay. some people do it. Uh, this is just my personal, my humble opinion, okay? This is not the law or the rules. There are no rules with wine. Let's just have fun. You can decant white wines because it does help them open up, but keep them cold Good. until you're ready to serve, and you'll be amazed at what can happen with some white wines once they really do kind of open up mm. and get a little warmer. But anything with in a bottle with shoulders on it, things with tannin, young, young wine and wine with tannin, they need to be decanted. The, the question is, do we decant white wines? And I think, yeah, I don't know if Sauvignon Blanc needs to be decanted, but, boy, I've had some really great results decanting things like Chardonnay and Chablis and Old Burgundies and White Burgundies and mm. German Riesling even. Because with a little air, yeah. they just open up and they get amazing. With a little air, all of us could go a long way. It's true. Take a, take a deep breath, Jim, and you heard it here, by the way. I love that question, and I hope that we're all decanting more. It certainly adds an aspect of entertainment to the table Great. as well. Yeah. Zagat 2012 rated the Ranch Restaurant and Saloon. Check this wow. out. 28 wow. for food, 29 for decor, 28 for service. You find me another restaurant that doesn't have a Michelin star, that doesn't have a rating like that. Congratulations to you, Michael, Thank and to Andrew, Jamie. and to Chef as well. Uh, Andrew is stoked, Chef Mike. Oh, he's got to be. How great. Come look us up at theranch.com. What an easy website, theranch.com. Open for Thanksgiving. Yes, and we'll see you right here in our radios before the Christmas holiday. And we'll cover wines for both Hanukkah, Christmas, and the festive New Year. Michael Jordan, you are a dream. And we give you a big hug and a wonderful Thanksgiving wish to you and your family. Okay, and you too. And for everybody listening, take care. We'll see you soon. There's more right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. A whole nother hour. Don't you dare touch your dial. We hope you'll join us every Sunday for insightful and delicious culinary commentary as our hour comes to a close here. Check out ChefJamie.com for all of the recipes heard here on this show along with videos, cocktail inspiration, and more. There is a burger joint that is encouraging a fundraising habit, and you're invited. We hope that you will join us today to get a sneak peek and a taste of the new Habit Burger Grill restaurant set to open at 1510. Adams Avenue uh, near Harbor Boulevard in Costa Mesa as part of its grand opening celebration the Habit has teamed up with Girls Inc. of Orange County, whom Lana and I are very proud supporters of. And today, between 12 and 2, you're invited. All of the money will be donated to Girls Inc. as we have a burger fest today. And so we look forward to seeing you there. We're delighted to be joined by the Habit Burger Grills Vice President of Marketing, giving us a little more insight into their philanthropic ways. Ooh, and to a charburger cheeseburger baby. Oh, yes, Mike Merkel is here and in your radio. Good morning, Mike. Hi, how are you? We're Thanks great. Thanks for having me on, yeah. Jamie and Lana. I yeah. appreciate it. Oh, of course. And we appreciate all that you do. You know, the, the Habit Burger is all the buzz in Southern California and beyond, up into Northern California as well. You've been creating Habit since, since 1969, right? 
That's correct, yeah. Way back in the uh, college town of Goleta near University of California, Santa Barbara, back in 1969 and, and ever since. And we're on a great streak now. We're going to be opening in Costa Mesa, as you mentioned, our 60th restaurant. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, congratulations. For those who haven't had a Habit Burger, it will soon become your greatest habit. It has this incredible, exceptional flavor from a char grill. It's 100% fresh ground beef, and it is taking the burger world by storm. Because people are truly addicted, Mike. Nice. Thank you. You're doing a <laughs> job for me. I, I appreciate that. Well, no, we really think that the char burger cooked over an open flame and uh, and made to order is is a great way to uh, to do it. And and we've had great success doing that for over 40 years. Yeah, and we know that burgers are all the buzz. And I mean, there are burger joints that come and go, but there are some that remain. And this and, is one that's sticking around. And besides the burgers, they have salads and a variety of menus. Yeah, and lots of sandwiches. Let me tell you, Michael, what Lana and I are going to eat today. Well, if I may speak for Lana herself specifically, <laughs> I'll have a charburger cheeseburger, which she will too. But she's really going for the onion rings and the coffee malt. I mean, let's right. be honest here. That's it. That's right. it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the nice thing about the habit, too, is that when you think of a lot of burger joints, you think of a place that uh, can tend, tend to be more male-oriented. But at The Habit, we really serve about almost as many women as we do men. And I think it is because we've got such a great-tasting burger as well as a variety on our menu. And, yeah. and that you wrap your burgers in lettuce as well. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. So if you're looking to save on a few carbs there, you can do it that way too. Yeah, that's how I sacrifice and justify the French fries. Ah, <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> no, and, not at all. And the malt. And the malt, all that too. Um, talk with us, if you would, about the tremendous commitment to philanthropy that The Habit Burger makes. Yeah, I mean, we have an initiative at The Habit. It's really part of our DNA, more or less, is that um, we like to say it's doing our part. And, and one of the best ways we do that is really acting as a neighbor in the community. We've been going into a lot of new communities uh, lately. We're going to be opening probably 17 restaurants this year alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we go into a new community, we look to the community to see what's happening there, what types of organizations exist there, and we want to be a good new neighbor. And one of the great things we can do is as we're opening the restaurant and we can have some pre-opening events where we train our employees, we can invite customers to come in. And what we can do to create more of a win-win is partner with a lot of these nonprofits or charities from the local communities and raise some great money for them. And instead of just doing the, uh, the typical what you may see a 20 or 25% donation, we will donate 100% of all proceeds from these events back to the local charities. How very generous of you. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. We thank you from Girls, Inc. for doing that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I, the least we can do as a good neighbor coming into the community, and, and it's just a great way to uh, to get people out to the habit and hopefully get them to try our food and, and become a regular customer. Well, we think everyone will make a habit of the habit. Yes. Great. Guaranteed, for sure. I'm having two burgers, just so you know, <laughs> maybe, wonderful. Mike, just to give back. You know, I'm a giver. Yeah, it's just exactly. that's the, the kind <laughs> of people one, that we are. You can really feel good about it. <laughs> right. get, that, get, that malt, get those onion rings. That's right. <laughs> it's a burger fest for a cause. We right. look forward to seeing you later this afternoon, noon to 2 p.m. today. Please join us at the Habit Burger in Costa Mesa, opening in just a few days, but a sneak preview with 100% of the proceeds going to Girls Incorporated of Orange County today from noon to 2 p.m., the event is open to the public. The new Habit Burger Grill Costa Mesa is located at 1510 Adams Avenue near Harbor Boulevard in Costa Mesa. And it, it is nothing short than what will become your next 
habit, uh, allow the Habit Grill to give back and do uh, a great deed, certainly in your honor. And if you can't make lunch today, we know that, uh, Mike, that you're doing 5 to 7 tonight as well. And we'll also be open 12 to 2 tomorrow as well, benefiting other charities in the community. How very nice. Fabulous. We'll we'll be there between 12 and 2 today. Yes, we will, for sure. And we love that the Habit is hitting the road, by the way. Your new food truck's super cool. Nice. Thank you. It's been very popular lately. That's fun. Oh, yeah. You can have 500 of your closest friends anywhere, and the Habit Burger truck will come and make burgers we'll, in the we'll full kitchen. Oh, How cool we have is to that? Do that? Well, I know. Yeah, but, we do I have a birthday at some too, point you know, soon. There's some, there's some <laughs> others that won't do the French fries, but we'll do French fries, onion rings, you name it. That's great. Well, congratulations on all the continued success. Thank you The so Habit much. Burger Grill, there is no substitute for quality, as they say, and it is a really great burger. We'll see you from noon to two today at the Habit Burger Grill opening in Costa Mesa at Adams and Harbor. Please come and join us. He is Mike Merkel, the Vice President of Marketing for Habit, and it was a pleasure, Mike. Thank you Thank again. You. Thank you. It. We hope you'll come join us right here in your radio next Sunday when the delicious conversation continues. The On Ladies, the On family of Crustacean, Anki, and Tiato fame will be here sharing their Asian Thanksgiving to go. You'll hear from pastry chef and teacher and bread baker extraordinaire Nick Malgieri. He's sharing the best of his new bread book and how you can bake bread uh, with great brilliance at home. Also, Chef Michael Vaughn of La Quinta Resort Resort and Spas sharing his whimsical approach to Thanksgiving. You won't want to miss his flavor enhancements for your menu. And the Asian great Ming Tsai has a new and very progressive cookbook out with QR codes that allow you to watch live videos as you cook simply Asian dishes with Ming Tsai coming up next Sunday. So please don't miss it. You'll find a bevy of delicious Thanksgiving recipes to help you plan for the holiday at chefjamie.com. Submit your best stuffing recipe in our stuffing contest. You can write to live at chefjamie.com, L-I-V at chefjamie.com. Just three more days to submit your best stuffing recipe to win a $100 gift card to Bristol Farms. And mark your calendar, December 9th, we're broadcasting live for our last live broadcast of the year. Come and tune in and listen to radio live. Have breakfast with us with our friends from Melissa's at Bristol Farms in Newport Beach. Mark your calendar, December 9th. Ah, and by the way, pick up your telephone right now, 888-539-2980. We are giving away a box of Mrs. Cubison's stuffing and a turkey. If you call in now, Mrs. Cubison's is the most beloved stuffing around America's favorite. So call in now, 888-539-2980. We thank you for listening. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana signing off. We hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Yeah.